0: Chris Moore and Amari Rogers are those targets for Houston to focus on for the next season. Also, Cody and I look at the opportunities that may have been missed with Jeff Driscoll not getting more playing time and also did Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton do enough to keep their jobs here on today's episode of the Locked On Texas Podcast. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day welcome everybody to a tuesday episode of the locked on texan podcast a part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect Technology exclusively from Simply Safe, along with 24-7 monitoring agents that capture evidence to accurately verify if a threat for faster response is real. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit SimplySafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. I'm John Hickman, Cody Davis, here to discuss the Houston Texans. Uh Couple of days after their hard fought loss against the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Listen, I do want to say a couple of things, man. When we look at this team on uh from the performance that they gave on Sunday, a couple of things that I think needs to be pointed out. OJ Howard, Brevin Jordan, Jordan Akins, and Tegan Quintoriano was all featured in Sunday's game against the Dallas Cowboys. So I think that did give Houston an opportunity to kind of scheme a little bit differently, also considering that was the game where they busted out the Jeff Driscoll package more hmm. than what we saw, which we'll get into. Also, newcomer, Starward, uh played in 28% of the snaps. Defensive tackle, T. Starward, played in 28% of the snaps. Garrett Wallow did not... Again, this is like on the second or third time. Didn't get any defensive snaps. So I wonder I wonder what's going on with that situation. Also, three running backs for Houston. Four, actually, I'm sorry. When we look at Damian Pierce, uh, who played in 55% of the snaps for Houston. Darre Ogunbowale played in 27% of the snaps for Houston. Eno Benjamin played in 12% of the snaps for Houston. And Rex Burkhead only played in five snaps, was totaled out to 8% of the snaps, but may have been in, you know, one of the most (laughs) crucial snaps for Houston out of that five. Cody, we got to talk about whether or not they missed an opportunity to feature Jeff Driscoll more throughout the season.
1: Yeah, and I truly do believe so because, John, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, When you take a look at what Jeff Driscoll was able to do in the loss against the Dallas Cowboys, um, I I looked at this as arguably, if not the best offensive performance for the Houston Texans. And one thing that I noticed, it seemed like because Pep Hamilton had a quarterback who was able to use his legs, and look, a quarterback that clearly has been working on his arm over the offseason, it gave Pep Hamilton an opportunity to open up the playbook a lot more. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this conversation, y'all listeners and viewers, because when I took a look at what Jeff Driscoll was able to do against the Cowboys, it brought me back to OTAs. It brought me back to Ooh. training camp and it brought me back to the preseason prior to the season me and john talked about whether or not the houston texans were going to utilize jeff driscoll as a hybrid quarterback and before moving on i want you guys just to listen to what pep hamilton had to say this exchange that i had with hamilton took place on a tuesday august 16th during the middle of training camp two days after their preseason victory against the new orleans saints well i think uh jeff is more than a
0: hybrid quarterback I think Jeff is, has shown uh, even in that last drive that he can play from the pocket. Uh, he can make all the throws from the pocket, and um, he has the poise and the savvy to uh, lead us to uh, you know a win regardless of the circumstances. You know, regardless of the fact that it was preseason, he just showed a lot of good attributes that you look for in your quarterbacks.
1: I apologize. I don't know if you guys were able to hear me um, when I had an opportunity to ask Pep Hamilton, um, but I did ask him, you know, whether or not they were going to utilize Jeff Driscoll this upcoming season as a hybrid quarterback. Like I just mentioned, it saw it a lot through throughout OTAs, throughout training camp, and throughout the preseason as well. And, John, the one thing that I couldn't help but think to myself, I truly do believe that because they had Jeff Driscoll, As a practice squad member throughout the entire 2022 campaign, with the exception of two games prior to Sunday, I believe that was a missed opportunity. And I I want to clarify something. I'm not looking at this from a standpoint that Jeff Driscoll was going to help this team win someone in the ballpark between five or seven games like a lot of us, including myself thought the Houston Texans were going to win this year, but when you take a look at the number of times where the Texans just did not look competitive, a lot of times where this team just not did not look watchable, I truly do believe that if they would have utilized Jeff Driscoll a little bit more throughout the season that I think it might have came with an opportunity for the Texans to win one, maybe two more games But at the end of the day, the Texans' offense would have looked a lot better versus what we have seen ever since, what, week three of this season when the Texans decided to place Jeff Driscoll on a practice squad roster.
0: By the way, I hate when when players uh, or coaches describe quarterbacks and use the word poise. Uh, And so (laughs) whoever knows me
1: is – And he's a pro.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but poise is just – When you hear this, you know who I'm talking to. But, you know, one thing when we look at the lack of opportunities for Jeff Driscoll in this Texan offense, we got to look at the third down struggles for Houston. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, using Jeff Driscoll in that particular role where you can RPO design, you know, read option design. Hell, at some point you may just get comfortable with him back there and want to throw a wrinkle in where you allow him to drive back and make a play kind of like what he did against uh, against the Cowboys when he dropped that dime off to Amari Rodgers. But I think third down this year is the opportunity that was missed the most by mm-hmm. not utilizing Jeff Driscoll consistently. Listen, when we look at Jeff Driscoll and the games that he's played in for Houston this year, we look at <clears throat> the game against Indy week one, week two, week 14, and that's it those are three games where you know you maybe you may look at it against the uh, Cowboys on Sunday 36 rushing yards uh one attempt against the Denver Broncos for 10 yards but these are some of the areas where you may ask yourself well maybe Jeff Driscoll should be out there on the field if he gives mm-hmm. this opp- this offense an opportunity or edge that maybe the other team hasn't game plan for and for you for the Houston Texans you've been having Jeff Driscoll since the start of OTAs and training camp where he's been good with using his legs, right? He's been somewhat more impressive than I think a lot of us thought he would be in terms of passing the ball. But overall, I go right back to it. Sunday was the first time that I saw this offense kind of make pre-adjustments and have a have a counterpunch ready for the opposing defense. And again, we look at the entirety of this season, man. I can only help but wonder, What could Jeff Driscoll could have did for the Houston Texans against the Browns? Against the Eagles, you know, at one point was a winnable game for Houston. Against the Chicago Bears, there were moments for Houston that was winnable, but a lot of those drives could not be sustained on third down. And we look, I look, excuse me, directly at Jeff Driscoll and say, man, if you were just a wrinkle in an offense that was not prepared for Maybe going two of nine on third downs, could possibly have possibly four of nine, right? So, you know, those are my thoughts with Jeff Driscoll uh, not getting the opportunities. No, I'm not calling him this, you know, you know, super hybrid. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. But with a team that doesn't have the offensive talent that you may would have liked, anything could help. And I think Jeff Driscoll may have been able to help throughout the year. Before we talk about whether or not Houston should invest to Chris Moore and Amari Rogers for next season. Wanted to let you guys know about our friends over at BetOnline.net, who continue to remain your number one source for sports betting, information, stats, news, and analysis. Get all of the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. Get in on their World Cup action as well. We've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those over at Bet Online as well. Head to the website today or take that thing out your pocket, put it out, use your mobile device to learn more because with Bet Online, guys, that is where the game starts. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Thank you for taking time out of your Tuesday schedule to sit down or ride and drive or wherever you are to listen to John and Cody, Cody and John, to discuss the Houston Texans, which I'm sure a lot of you are just counting down the days Mm, um, mm. to the end of the season. So a lot of y'all are embracing the tank now. I'm starting to see it more and more. I need to go ahead and start a hashtag. Really quick, I do want to shout out Houston Custom and Collision uh, Auto Suite Customs. Met the owner, Sergio, over the weekend. Great guy, man. So check him out on Instagram at the name Auto Suites Customs. They do custom wraps, power coating. Uh, Also get some sanoramic coating. Uh, They clean your car. Man, they do it all over there, man. Got some cool prices as well. Located here in Houston off Richmond Avenue. Again, that is Auto Suites Customs. Now, I think the Houston Texans and Houston Texan fans should get accustomed to seeing more of Chris Moore. Y'all see how I did that? A, mm. a double untuned, <laughs> but here's why, right? We, we look at the season, and I, I told you guys I mentioned this right before the game, like an hour and some change before the game on Sunday. I tweeted, This is a perfect basically opportunity for Amari Rodgers and Chris Moore, right? But specifically with Chris Moore, I want to let you guys know why I think Houston should really consider bringing him back. He's on a one year deal, it ends this year. They can bring him back for 2023. I still think they can get him from cheap. Right now, uh, when we look at what he's been able to do in the three games where Moore has had to step up this year due to Cooks or Collins being out, we look at the Philly game four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. The Browns game three catches, 46 yards, and a huge 39 yards catch. And then we go right back to the Cowboy games, uh, to the Cowboy game, excuse me, 10 catches, 124 yards. Other memorable moments. The Giants game three catches for 70 yards and the Bears game three catches for 63 yards. The thing that I like most about Moore is that he's been effective enough in this offense where he's featured in the slot 72 percent of the time on his plays that he's featured in. And with a quarter of his targets not even being catchable and outside of Sunday, only getting just under three catches per game, he does a good job of taking the most, uh, making the most of his opportunity, right? He's not going to get featured a lot. He's not going to get a lot of targets. He's not going to be out there a lot and get and be game-playing for. But whenever he has an opportunity to make plays, he does. And I, we look at Chris Moore this year. He has, I want to say, the longest catch of the year for Houston. So these are some of the things that he's been able to do. He's also pretty good, uh, does a very good job of bringing down contested passes as well. He is a receiver that when you look at Mechie coming back next year, you still got to slowly bring him on a process, right? Hmm. Nico Collins, right? He's, he's going into his third year. And, and Nico should be the receiver that does a good job of being more of a vocal leadership, uh, playing having that role with that wide receiver group. But when you look at more, a vet that's been in the league for some time now, and I'm sure Houston will address the wide receiver position some more, whether that be in free agency or the draft, Why not have somebody that at the very least you can hold him accountable to make a play here and there? He does not need a lot of opportunities to do that. But when he is on the field and those opportunities does come his way, well, you can probably trust him to make a play or two.
1: I will 100% support the idea of the Texans bringing back Chris Moore. Um, John, you just alluded to what he did this year, but when I go back and take a look at what he was able to do last year for the Houston Texans, I can make an argument that over the last two seasons he has been this team's third best receiver, probably second best given the fact that Nico Collins has been dealing with injuries throughout the first two years of his career. And the one thing that I love about Chris Moore, John, as you alluded to, every time he needed to step up when Nico Collins is down, when Brandon Cooks is down, he did it. You go back to the breakout performance of last year's game when he had 105 receiving yards on five catches and a touchdown in the loss against New England Patriots. Part of the reason why the Patriots and Davis Mills, because I think that's the game that really started the Davis Mills fan base, he played a major role in that. And John... Another thing that I like about Chris Moore, it doesn't matter whether or not Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks are on the field or off the field. Even when both of those guys are playing for the Texans, he is still going to go out there and produce. I love the fact of the Houston Texans bringing in Chris Moore, especially considering where... If you, nine times out of ten, draft a quarterback, you want to make sure that you put your, your your new quarterback in, let's say, a decent situation. And I know you talked a lot about whether or not this wide receiving court was good or not. Losing Chris Moore will hurt the Houston Texans more so than keeping him. Now, for Amari Rogers, John. Big game on Sunday. Big game, big, man.
0: Good game. And, and I want to say that, you know, your head coach, Lovey Smith, he talked about Amari Rogers and he said, you know, sometimes all we need is a second chance. He's been a pro about everything. He's smart. He's bright. He's got ability. Now his number was called. Uh, he he stepped up to the plate, looked comfortable, got it for
1: cheap. Why not? I get all that. I'm not taking nothing away from Amari Rogers, but I think it's way too early for us to start talking about whether or not the Texans should keep Rogers. That's can just I, me. Because I it's a both. small, it's a it's a small sample size. And he caught his first touchdown on Sunday. Great moment. I I'm think not that's taking the first of his career. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. First touchdown of his career. This is a man that has been in the league for three years. But how in the hell can you play 26 games with Aaron Rodgers and your first touchdown pass come due to the likes of Jeff Driscoll? Well, and then uh, when he was in Green Bay, he had a reputation. Of dropping balls. Sunday was his very first game with the Texans. Let's see how he closed out the year. And maybe that could be a possibility for the Texans. But right now, saying he's a lock, that the Texans should bring him back next year. And I get it. I understand it. The Texans are not in a situation where they, where they could be picky and choosy about who they want to come, especially at the wide receiving court. But I think it's way too early to start, you know, talking about Omari Rodgers coming back.
0: I, my rebuttal to that is, and this is Amari Rodgers' uh, second year, but my rebuttal to that is, okay, well, where do we think Brandon Cooks is going to be next year? I don't think he's going to be with the Houston Texans. And we can't sit here, and, well, I can't sit here and criticize the Houston Texans all year by not having depth and not keeping Amari Rogers moving forward. At the very least, you will have depth at that position. Right? Even if you keep Chris Moore, even if you keep Amari Rodgers, even if you continue to keep Nico Collins, John Metchie is coming back. That's only four receivers right there. Brandon Cooks won't be here next year. I also don't believe the Houston Texans should consider bringing back Phillip Dorsett for another four regular season as well. We Look at Jalen Kemp. We have to look at him for what he is. He also got some playing time on Sunday. Major be a practice squad guy. Johnny Johnson made just be a practice squad guy. Some of these guys, they also brought in Tyrone Johnson, Tyler Johnson. None of those guys worked out. At the very least, Amari Rodgers was able to give you a touchdown, something that Anthony Miller was able to do in his long opportunity here in Houston. But remember how that happened. And that also affected the depth for this franchise, for, this, for the for the wide receiver spot. So I can't sit here and say no to Amari Rodgers automatically when I know there's a pressing need for some sort of young talent on this team, at that position, and they also need bodies. So that's why I stand on Amari Rodgers. I think that him catching a touchdown pass from Jeff Driscoll is more impressive than not catching one from Aaron Rodgers. Those are my beliefs. Those are my feelings. So, um <laughs> yeah, I, I think that they should bring him back. Well, if, of course, evaluate the talent that he is, right? You want to see him not make those – those, those minute mistakes. You, you don't want to see him make, you want to see him clean up some of those errors that he had been making early in his career. You want to see all of that, of course, but at the very least, guys, consider this. You need people. And a lot of people ain't going to willingly come here to Houston. So, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Why not? And they actually need good people. Not just anybody that's going to put on a Texas jersey and go out there and be sorry.
0: <laughs> Guys, I've made over 700 extra bucks with prizepicks.com. not lying. This is the truth. Why? Well, I don't like to think a lot. And prize picks make it super easy for me not to think a lot. I can just bet and go. I can pick two to five players. And if those players that I pick score more or less than their prize picks projection Whatever I bet on, if all of those hit, I can win. And not only can I win, I can win up to 10 times my money on any entry. I'm not playing against Cody. I'm not playing against uh, the likes of Brandon K. Scott or, or, or Big Sarge. I'm playing against the computer, the prospects projections that are available. So it's not me versus other people. It's me versus the projections. And with prospects, they offer projections on any sport you watch. Any sport. No, I'm like e-sports. You watch that? You know, you can make money off that bet. NASCAR, right? New, new cars. Well, that's also on prospects. Tennis, MMA, boxing, golf, euro basketball. Guys, they got cricket. You can bet on all that with, with prospects. Interest can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. And currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app. Go to Prospects.com today to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts
1: welcome back in ladies and gentlemen to this tuesday installment of locked on texans and before we close out today's show john listeners and viewers i just wanted to quickly discuss whether or not pep hamilton and lovey smith did enough on sunday to save their jobs um as you know basically ever since the game against the tennessee titans a lot of people have been calling for um both pep hamilton and lovey smith's job and you saw both coaches did a very good job up until the last minute making adjustments um they did a very good job with their play calling they did a very good job getting this team prepared to take on one of the better teams in this league um I I hate to talk about this, especially after a loss, but, John, despite the final four minutes, do you think or do you see any way that both Lovey Smith and Hamilton did enough to at least give Nick Asirio and Kyle McNair an opportunity to ponder, hmm, maybe if we give them the right talent Things
0: can be better next year. Cody, you are around this team uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, and Levy Smith on multiple occasions has said that he isn't worried about his job security. And uh, a large part of me does believe that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that they can afford another head coach. I definitely believe they can afford another, uh, you know, offensive coordinator.
1: but And yeah, defensive coordinator. And,
0: and D.C. You were right about that. Uh, In terms of Lovey Smith, to answer your question, um, I'm not sure. Mm. I I, I can't answer that. In terms of Pep Hamilton – and do I think – by the way, do I think the Texans should go opposite direction? Yes, but I also feel like that opposite direction should also include going in opposite direction with the general manager as well. So Mm. I'm not going to leave out anybody. But from what we've heard – you know, behind the scenes, whether it may be from Levy Smith or just some of the conversations that we've had, I'm not sure about Levy Smith, whether or not he is going to be canned at the end of the season. However, Mm. it didn't matter what Pep Hamilton did in that game on Sunday. (laughs) It doesn't matter what Pep Hamilton do to finish out this year. Quite honestly, to, to put it the best way I possibly can, and this is not me trying to tear down another man, I don't think that he should be the Houston Texans offensive coordinator no more. Hmm. Um, I'm respectful enough to say that I don't think he should be fired now at this point during the season. Everybody, you know, fire Pep. What, what is that going to do? Allow him the opportunity to see out the season, yeah. But in terms of moving forward in the future, there's no way you know you can bring back Pep Hamilton after the year he just displayed. And I think that's fair for both parties. They gave like Pep Hamilton an opportunity to show whether or not he can be an offensive coordinator in the league. Um, he wet the bed. There's also some blame that you can put on Houston's behalf by not bringing in players, but, you know, um, between Pep Hamilton and Davis Mills, neither one of those guys, uh, I believe, should have a prominent role for the Houston Texans for 2023 and 24 moving forward. Plain and simple.
1: I'm 50-50 on Pep Hamilton um, because just like how we started to show going back to uh, things he had to say about training camp and going back to – you know him having an opportunity to truly open up his playbook on Sunday. Um, I just look at it from a standpoint, John. One of the main questions you and I talked about a lot here on the show is what does a, a Pep Hamilton offense look like? And here we are entering Week 14 of the 2022 campaign, and we still we still don't know. Like we still don't know how good or how bad Pep Hamm- Hamilton can be. And like, like and, 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 and like you I mentioned. I, th- I think it's truly hard to believe or uh, hard to truly criticize Hamilton only due to the fact that he didn't have the quarterback and he just didn't have no talent outside of Damian Pierce and your offensive tackles on offensive line, uh, on the offensive side of, uh, on the offensive line, excuse me. um But that's just how the way I look at things. Yeah. As for I, I Loving we, Smith. I
0: think we've had an opportunity to see what his offense is. Um, He's going to play his tight ends. He's going to get his tight ends involved as much as he can, even when it's forced. Um, you know, maybe a lot of shorter routes to get the offensive offensive game plan going, that scheme going. And then you want to lean heavy on your running back. I think that is his offense, and I think that his offense, when we look at this team offensively through the, you know, 13, 14 weeks now, it screams, um, you know, it, it really does scream to me, uh ARP discount. <laughs>
1: um, as for Lovey Smith, I think when you take a look at how the Texans came out on both sides of the ball, especially on defense, the fact that it seems like they've been playing with a new sense of energy. Um, I think Lovey Smith might be trending in a direction where he might possibly could save his job. And I only say that because John, I go back to that game against the Washington Commanders, and you was there as well. It seems like all 53 players who touched the field that day was just out there to collect the check. But ever since the game against the Cleveland Browns, and of course, everything that took place on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys, it seemed like he just gave them new energy. And I don't know what took place, you know, between the commanders and what we saw on Sunday, but I truly do believe that Lovey Smith, he might've been starting to lose the locker room, but he got it back. The one thing that I love that Lovey Smith did when we talked to him, I believed on Wednesday, he talked about just going out there and just playing with pride and playing with dignity. And he said that he told the guys in the meetings, look, this season is a loss and we are not going to make the playoffs, which, I mean, it didn't take him 13, 14 weeks to figure that out. But the fact that he gave a speech on having those guys go out there and play dignity um, says a lot to the players that – Went out there on the field, and it looked like they actually been playing hard for Lovey Smith. So, you know, this is something that we're going to continue to monitor throughout the rest of the season. And what is that nickname they call it the day after the the regular season ends?
0: Black Monday.
1: Black Monday. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a hot topic. Whether they moved on, move on from both Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton, or just Pep Hamilton, and God forbid if they ended up moving on for both, this is going to be a hot topic. As Probably going to dominate our off season.
0: Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texas podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. And comment, share, and subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube page on YouTube.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.